0: Hey everybody, welcome to Heterodox Americana. This is a show about thinking outside the box and examining the conventional wisdom that informs how we think and shapes how we see the world around us. The question that we're ultimately trying to get at here is, how do our unexamined ideas impact our ability to thrive as human beings? And it's our intention to unpack some of these ideas, take a fresh, heterodox perspective that hopefully leads us somewhere new. My name is Raphael Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts.
1: And I'm Angie Backus, another one of your hosts.
0: So I'm just going to say it, right? The standard path is a lie. It's a lie, and it's not going to lead you where you want to be. It's not true. People take it, but it's a lie.
1: So you're saying the standard path is a lie?
0: The standard path is a lie. It's not going to do for you what you want it to do for you.
1: So why don't you talk about what the standard path is? What is it?
0: You know what I mean when I say standard path.
1: No, but I think we should talk. Tell
0: So what I mean when I say the standard path is the path that we've all essentially been taught and inherited, right? It goes something like this. You finish high school. You go to college, you get a good job, you have kids, you know, buy a house, have kids, wait.
1: You can do one or the other.
0: Right. Get married. I forgot that part. Oh. Yeah, can't forget that one. Uh, get married, buy a house, have kids, work for 40 years, uh, retire, and then, uh, you know, during the process, send your kids to college so they can do the same thing. Like that, standard path is at best. I'm going to make the argument. So it's better than no path. It's better than no plan. Um, but the standard plan is—it's um, not the plan for happiness.
1: That's a—you um, know—that's a big statement. Tell me what you would consider as the lie.
0: Well, so there's a there's an implicit promise, right? Um, it's the thing to do because. The promise is that you're, you're gonna be happy, um, and I wouldn't say down to the person because I know some people who've eked out a lot out of that out of that pathway out of that plan. Um, but I probably know far more people who are was it Thoreau talks about these uh, lives of quiet desperation. I know far more people who have done everything right, and been in you know at the end of stage one the end of stage one is now you're married now you got a house now you got kids and you got this job and hmm something's missing what is it
1: well that's when people usually have affairs like get a corvette
0: Oh, i was thinking going back to school but yes (laughs) corvette uh or affair or go back to school Mm -hmm. um and and even i i you know so I, i don't know much about the the Corvette and Affair side of it. Mm -hmm. I know more about the go-back-to-school side of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think when people think, um, I'm just going to go back to school, and that's going to make me something, right? There's an expectation there. Um, And it's because the first version, version 1.0 of following the standard plan, didn't didn't quite produce the results that they thought it was going to produce, right? There's a promise that is unfulfilled. So they go back to school, they get a master's degree, or they get a doctoral degree, or whatever it is, and then they end up in the same place of not quite so fulfilled. There's a mehness ness um, that I think is built into the standard path, the standard plan, and um, I, I don't think the promise is true.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that that beginning, the beginning part, you know, when you're thinking of what you're going to do you're going to go to college and you know take the path that you just described um there there's a distraction around all of that i think you know all of getting to those places of accomplishment it takes quite a bit you know find the spouse that's a whole process It right. can take a few years is this one is it this one
0: does it take a few years
1: it, yeah for some it takes wow. a lot of years um <laughs> And that's a big distraction. That's a lot of talking and energy around who's it going to be. So you got that. Finally, you know, some will find that. And then the next thing is, okay, we're going to do this wedding. You know, we're talking about a standard path. This is the very basic standard path, right? Then we're going to do this wedding. After that, we're going to go house hunting. So you can hear it. It's like, here's life. This is where you're getting consumed. Then the kids come. Right. And that's really a distraction for many years. Um, and I think that, you know, that second half of where I was describing Corvette... Wait, and are,
0: are you saying the kids are a distraction?
1: I'm saying the kids are a distraction to um, what it is that somebody else could be thinking about. Yeah, the kids are a distraction. They take up a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy. Lord knows that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's going on. And then by the time the kid is, you know, somewhat independent, we'll say... Somewhat independent, you know, 12, 13, 14. Here's this whole open space again. And then what is next, right? That's either the school or maybe the Corvette and a few extra people on the side, whatever that looks like. Um, Because I think then you're off to the next path of either you get more distracted by, you know, the energy that it takes to create something more, you know, fun or redirect or go to school, which is a whole lot of distraction as well. Um, So I think, you know, the standard path, so here's here's my point, you ready? The standard path is, you know, it is this blueprint that people buy into, and it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of mental time and energy and mental space and capacity to fulfill each of those sections of life. And I think we get so caught up in trying to understand not really understand but actually just going from thing to thing that there's no space to think outside of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's can I I mean before we I want to talk about the the the, the notion that there's no uh space to think outside of it, but just as a matter of like it's a point of fact, right? Um there are two things that um I think on the surface made me uncomfortable um when I was talking? Yeah. Oh. Um but actually, when I, when I think about it, um, there are data to support it. One, you were talking about this affair thing. And I'm like, are people really having affairs like that? Uh, but then I think about Esther Perel's book, The State of Affairs, and there's another book called... Um,
1: Mating in Captivity?
0: No. Oh. It's uh, by Eli Finkel. It's called... Um, it's called The All or Nothing Marriage.
1: Oh, right. The All or Nothing Marriage.
0: Uh, and i think between between looking at the data Eli Finkel's data, who is like a marriage specialist and and um he's and, a
1: historical researcher for marriage right right
0: right and um as well as esperel, who's also um uh, you know a marriage and relationship uh, expert. yeah. Uh, that they have hard data that says, actually, the affair thing is real. It's bigger than you think. It's bigger than most people want to admit or even look at. And I think some of the discomfort was that I didn't want to look at this idea. It was like, are people having affairs? Mm. Uh, But then I thought back, oh, right, there are all these experts that have the data saying, yes, it's a real thing. It's happening, like, a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one I certainly don't have any data for, but it's the, uh, you know, when you said going to to school as a distraction – which is sort of what I was saying. I don't think I, I would have used that term distraction, but I, I think that that's right on. That feels right to me. Um, if I have to ask myself, why is this person going back to school? Um, I think even the promise of what a second degree is going to do is probably a little bit unclear. And I would say I've met maybe one person ever. So obviously a small sample size and my personal anecdotes don't constitute data. I understand. But I think I've met one person ever who went back to school and got a master's degree um, who actually did it for the right reasons, right? Um, he, is a, he really wanted to understand Palestine better and went back and got a master's degree uh, just on uh, Palestine and Middle Eastern studies, like the history uh, of the Levant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so that he could sharpen his knowledge on, on that subject area. Uh, but it wasn't so I could get this other job or so that I could, you know, be distracted. It was like there's a gap of there's a piece of information missing in my knowledge and I need to fill that gap.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking about myself. You know, I told this whole story on, on this podcast about how I went back and I couldn't be doing the the vocation, my I consider a vocation I wouldn't be doing the vocation that I'm doing had I not gotten a master you can't do it I can't you know I couldn't really be a psychotherapist if I didn't have a master's degree so um so there's that so let's just keep going (laughs) (laughs) so why do you think why do we follow the standard path
0: uh why do people follow the standard path is that what that's what we're calling it right the standard path yeah
1: let's call it that Um, I think it's a blueprint standard path right
0: yeah Uh, standard path is so you know we've talked before about what it means to be mindful to slow down and to think about what it is that you actually want Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that that's hard to do and people don't do it Um, and you know we did I think an entire podcast on that Uh, but also you know we inherit the, the notions right we from our parents mm-hmm. uh, and we trust them you know we trust them mostly because they're <laughs> the people that we, we meet first mm-hmm. uh, first person that I ever met was my mom um, and then I met my dad uh, and that, that's true for most people right? they meet their parents super early on mm-hmm. and you don't know who to trust so mm-hmm. you trust them mm-hmm. uh, and as time goes on there's nobody that you trust more than your parent until you're like I don't know maybe in college and then you're like Oh, maybe my professor knows better. Anyway, I don't want to get lost in this. Um, I think it's trust early on, and we inherit this plan from people we trust. It's uh, it's buffered, not buffered. It's uh, buttressed by you know other people who live in the same society and they are on the same path, and it seems like it makes sense. Plus, what are the alternatives?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of baked into kind of our system here too. It's the American dream, right? Go pursue what it is that you want to pursue and you'll be happy and life will be good. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see that it's, it's kind of, it's everywhere. It's what we've been taught, told, and it's what we do. Mm. I have a two part question. The first is going back to what you said, you know, what are the alternatives? But the second part of the question is, why would it be worth taking alternatives?
0: Oh wow! So uh, I, I like that. the, the alternatives are um, the alternatives are not that easy to see. They do exist, uh, and I would say any plan, any as long as it's a plan. So there are some people out there who have no plan, um, and they are winging it. They get the first job, and then they're like, "I'm gonna do this," and then they kind of bounce around, and there's no sense of like direction. Mm -hmm. I was actually one of those people, Um, and that 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 strategy is the bad one. That's the bad. That's the bad strategy. Don't do that. Don't have no plan. Um, But you know, the the alternatives are there. Uh, but they're harder to find. So let me go back to to the standard plan. Mm -hmm. One of the things that the standard plan has that's really, really effective is signposts, right? And the signposts allow you to see where you are on the map. Uh, And some of the other plans, there are alternative plans, don't have as many signposts. So Mm -hmm. say entrepreneurship, right? Uh, Once you get out of college, you know where you are on the standard plan, right? Uh, once you find someone who you think might propose to you or you might propose to, you kind of know where you are on that map. You know, once you have done that, you know the next signpost because it's only a couple feet away. It's like, right. look for a house. But if you do entrepreneurship, for example, that that's like way dicier. Uh, you can be following in, you know, the kind of footsteps of someone else or you can be following in a plan. But the signposts are almost nowhere, mm-hmm. right? You write a business plan, yes, and then what do you do? You look for investors. Do you open up? You know, it depends right. even on, on the type of business that uh, that you have, and you know, it's not just about entrepreneurship. Sometimes it's a mentality of what does it mean to be a pioneer or what does it mean to you know, follow, you know, to go out to the frontier. Um, but those signposts are so few that the feedback loop is much much larger right um and it's hard to know if you're doing it right you just have to trust right you have to have this faith and i i think that's scary Mm -hmm. um and so there's some there's some security in in following um the standard plan yeah or a sense of security
1: yeah you know it's interesting because i was telling you earlier um because you know, I think this it, this standard plan it applies to a few things in our life this sta- standard path certainly you know it can apply to vocation or career um, I think it also could apply to like even where you live or how you live your life mm, you know sure. if it's you choose the the safe you know standard neighborhood that you always thought you should live in right. Um It could apply also to things like even relationship you know how you're going to have your relationship it it just a little maybe an interesting side note is you know when I do counseling often with people and they come in with um, situations in their partnerships um, oftentimes what I'll note is that it is because it's not fitting into a particular blueprint you know however they have determined how People should take care of each other and that they're missing these aspects in a relationship of but they're supposed to be doing this now or I'm supposed to be doing that other thing now
0: right, like where they are on that map
1: yeah yeah and it's you know it's interesting to say well and I've said this to, to people before what if you took away that blueprint what if you said that um, you don't know how this is supposed to look but you're just relating to each other the way you are right what happens and it's, it's really kind of astounding sometimes to, you know, you can see that for the first time, maybe they've considered that maybe this standard idea that they've never questioned, it doesn't have to be a part of it. And to your point, you know, Esther Perel, she's, she's written a lot about this, um, how, and the all or nothing marriage as well, um, how relationships, you know, for so long have had a particular path and we don't question it but then we find perhaps that we're not happy in them and it's mostly because sometimes we're looking at that blueprint to say it's not being it's not being fulfilled the way that it's supposed to be
0: right so i i agree with you i think you know um that people are looking at this blueprint and i didn't know as said that uh there's a of all the people in the world who i somewhat like uh only somewhat tongue-in-cheek invoked tony robbins right and he says something very similar Uh, he says, uh, that, you know, people's life dissatisfaction comes from them looking at where they are and comparing it to their expectations of where they should be. Uh, and that accounts for their, their unhappiness. That's right. Yeah. But you can do one of two things, Tony says. You can either, uh, change your life situation, right? Um... Or you can change your your the blueprint. Way you think you, about, yeah. yeah, you can change the way you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, and that sometimes exactly what you were talking about. That sometimes is enough to push people much closer to happiness, just because they change what they thought it would be.
1: Right, and I think to your point earlier, you know, it's hard because the signposts aren't there. You're gonna, you know, either have to do something like you know, hear this and say, "Is there another way? Am I following a standard path? Right. And what would be something different?" Um, or you're going to have to go inside and say, well, what are my signposts? Like, what are the directions that I want to go? But you're, either way, you're going to be asking yourself some, some different questions than the questions that are usually being asked.
0: So I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit because I think there are other ways that, I mean, when we're looking at society, right, mm-hmm. uh, there are all these examples of people who have done something different. Mm-hmm. And normally, we, we know their names. We know mm-hmm. their names really because they've done something different. Um,
1: like like Elon Musk or somebody like, like
0: that? Like Elon Musk or <laughs> Brad Pitt or, uh, I don't know, Barack Obama or uh, Rudy Giuliani or, uh, I mean, pick somebody. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but any entrepreneur or celebrity or singer or whatever it is, at some point they, they've said to themselves, I'm going to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, you know, so they if by the time we know their name they have achieved some, some tremendous success um and you know humans and other primates kind of we love the idea of celebrity right so there are other primates who have like it's like a famous um like they're primates who have their own celebrities mm-hmm. it's like a beyonce and jay-z to like you know chimps or something like that wow. right um and and so that part of us is kind of natural but uh i think there's also <laughs> this this wondering of um, uh, what would it be like if I had done something extraordinary? Of course, there are risks that come with that, mm-hmm. um, but I think deep down, part of our love of celebrity is is this kind of curiosity. It's like, what if I, what if I had done something more extraordinary?
1: Hmm. And you're, I, I don't think you're doing this, but I just want to make it clear: you're not pointing towards this idea that you should be reaching for like stardom or popularity or.
0: No, 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 not at all. And and i you know even if I speak for myself, I couldn't care less about celebrity mm-hmm. life, right? I'm not interested. I meet celebrities and I'm like, who cares, right? Did you, did you wash your hands when you came out of the bathroom? Like that's what I'm concerned with. Yeah. Uh, so no, I'm not saying that people have reached for stardom. What uh, that should reach for stardom. What I'm saying is that uh, that there are alternative paths, uh, and they are visible to us, uh, and then some of them. Are entrepreneurship. Some of them is politics. Some of them is uh, you know, you know, being in the theater, mm-hmm. you know, on stage, mm-hmm. where people might not know your name, but you've done a kind of a, a different path. And yeah, the celebrity path and stardom, and but it's all people who have thought that. Oh, what if I don't want to walk the standard path? Mm-hmm. That's the thing they have in common.
1: Yeah, I find this a lot with artists. You know, particularly people like painters or something like that. Exactly. That they. It's almost. You know, if you talk to—I have a, one of my best friends is a is a painter, and if you talk to her, she'll say something like, "You know, it wasn't a choice. I had to do this. This is how it works," and she has a very unconventional life.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, and 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 I, I guess you know all that to say is when I think about it, uh, I don't think that the alternative paths are all equal, right? Uh, I do think that they're all better than no path um, again I know some people who have chosen no path and that leads you into the ground um, very very quickly if not um, literally certainly metaphorically and it's very hard to recover um, but there are some good some good alternatives
1: yeah so how about you raphael you you know you talk about this as there I think there's a demarcation point in your life at on some level, right? Where?
0: Oh, sure, sure. Uh, care to share? You mean when, like, when it turned around for me? Yeah. It was December twenty fourth, two thousand twelve. That'd be a
1: Christmas Eve for those who uh, celebrate the holiday. Well,
0: m- most importantly, it was um, it was three days after twenty twelve. Oh. December twenty first, twenty twelve. Okay. Um, yeah,
1: you had that 2012 thing.
0: Everybody had the 2012 You ha-
1: thing. really had the 2012 thing.
0: Everybody had it. The tw- they made a movie about it. Are you kidding me? Oh, they yeah. made a movie about it. So it was three days after December 21st, um, 2012, which marked the end of the Mayan calendar thing. Oh, the Mayan calendar. And, um, yeah, I, I had some, really some self-help material dropped into my lap by a friend and, uh, I was listening to it and that kind of started the process for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then would you say that you have not been on a standard path?
0: I'd say after that, um, yeah, things, things turned for, yeah. After that, things turned for me. Uh, there, there was one thing in particular. So, you know, I, I won't mention the material just cause it's, it's super cringy. I think the kids are saying these days, um, only because, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, but the guy says this one thing that was enough to stop me in my tracks. And he says, um, if you want the things in your life to change, you're going to have to change the things in your life. Um, and for whatever reason, and I think I've mentioned this before, for whatever reason, that just like felt like a punch in the face. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that I wanted the things in my life to change. But there was certainly some sense of mehness to what was happening in my life. You know, I was still at the city prosecutor's uh, office. Um, it, it was fine. My life was fine. And there was something that wasn't quite right. You know, it's like these reasons that people are like, hmm, I'm going to get a master's degree or whatever. Um, it was something that wasn't quite right and I couldn't put my finger on it and then when he said that um you have to change the things in your life I was like oh I got to I got to change some things and I didn't know what to change but I just started changing stuff um and that that was a turning point for me uh and it was certainly the 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 day that started me being on a different path mm.
1: so why should we choose this alternate path what's the benefit
0: I'm not saying that we should um but, but there are some benefits to it. Uh, and I, I think it depends on how the, the standard path is faring, you, is faring for you so far. Um, you know, Jim Rohn says this thing that I love. He says, when the promise is clear, uh, the price is easy. Um, and I think the promise of the standard path doesn't really match the, the reality of what most people are experiencing. Um, the promise is that at the end of all of this, you're going to have a good life. And, um, it just doesn't match up that way for so many people that I know. And, you know, there, there are, and these are people who are successful people. They are respected. They're like, you know, they do, they have, um, if not national, um, kind of renown, then they certainly have a tremendous amount of, uh, influence in their particular niche, in their industry, um. Enough people who kind of run the, the spectrum of professionals, and you know they're not happy. At least one who was on—I uh, can say this because I'm sure he doesn't watch the show. Uh, he was an attorney who was also at the at the prosecutor's office. And um, did I say watch the show? You did. It's yeah. okay. I Listen to the show. Yeah. Uh, he he was on uh, Gordon Ramsay's Master Chef. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know sure he's always had a, a a passion for um for cooking but like what are you doing on on master chef um there's wouldn't,
1: some. wouldn't you say that that's kind of taking a, an alternate or an alternative no
0: i, I absolutely wouldn't yeah. what i'm saying is that he's unhappy in the standard path
1: i see i see
0: you know his his dad was an attorney um i think his grandfather was an attorney uh, he decided to follow in their footsteps, and really, you know I think for so many people, especially if you have professional parents where so much where so many Americans end up is stepping right into the shoes of their parents and not going much further um, and so there was um so l- let me use this as a contrast right um, here you have an attorney who was like i 'm going to go on master chef, and if he 's listening, then oh well um but there are some people who never do that, right? Like, um, like Jimmy Page or something, or like um, oh, who's like like Barack Obama, or you know what I mean? Like uh, they so, don't
1: go on master you, chef. They
0: don't go on master chef. No,
1: uh-huh.
0: right? I he's like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm at the top of the thing that I'm doing, right? Right. And I'm pretty like happy with it. Right. Um, you know, Bill Gates is retired. Maybe he's always wanted to cook his whole life. But you're not going to see Bill Gates on Chef because he's like, I'm content with this path. Like, mm-hmm. this path is great. He's, uh, you know, he's developing and delivering vaccines in Africa. He's helping, you know, water, people get water all over the world, um, inner city schools. Like, Bill, Bill Gates is fine. Maybe he has an itch that needs to be scratched, but it's not like him going on Chef. I say that only to say that there's some contrast. If you look at the people who are still kind of trying to figure out what can I do in my life, mm-hmm. um, these are people that for even if it's tacitly they they understand tacitly the that the promise of the standard path is not delivering on that promise
1: could there be an exception or maybe even a misread if somebody's um uh you know say a high-powered attorney and they also have cooking as a hobby and they're like yeah, I'm doing my attorney thing, but I'm also going to go on Chef because I like variety and I'm kind of like that, I think, outside the box.
0: I mean, if you're asking me if it's possible, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it's certainly possible. Yeah. But hobbies normally don't lead you to like TV competitions, right? Hobby is, you know, uh, I am a high-powered attorney, um, which you... Anyway, um, but you're a high-powered attorney and you um, you buy... stove for your house and a $3,000 hood so that you can cook at the temperatures that you want to cook at and you get a nice fancy set of knives and pans and then you chef it up at home. Mm -hmm. Like that's a hobby. You invite your friends over, have great dinner parties. Uh, I was like, oh, look what I made. Maybe you take some pictures of it and everyone, you get all the accolades from Instagram. I think I'm
1: getting the picture, yeah.
0: Right. So that's what the hobby does. Okay. But the competition where there's money at the end, mm, that feels like it's more than a hobby. It's like I, I, there's a, a level of discontentment
1: mm-hmm.
0: in uh, in the path that I've chosen, which I think is true for so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Esther Perel would probably say something similar um, because th- that's what happens for people.
1: So you're saying the benefit of this is a happier life. You're taking an alternative path and perhaps you...
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, so when people are not getting the, the, the kind of results or they're not, the promise isn't living up to, to what it is supposed to. Uh, part of that is because they control so very few of the inputs. Um, I mean, they're on a path that they didn't necessarily choose. They inherited it and then said, okay, I guess I'm going to walk down this path. Uh, and so there's some of the inputs that they do control. They do have some choices. But they don't really control any of the levers. Uh, they don't control when they get promoted or where you know where they're going to be located or uh, there are lots of things that because you didn't choose this particular path you don't get to choose the levers that are on that path whereas I... other people do if you you know what I mean right. you control your outputs a little bit better
1: just for clarity I mean are you are you suggesting that the path to like more happiness is to be an entrepreneur. I mean, that's what this is about. Yes. Oh, okay.
0: But to be clear, I mean, entrepreneurship in spirit, uh, not necessarily actually starting a business. Um, I mean, entrepreneurs think about problems in different types of ways. And for really, I mean, I think what's at the core is your ability to assess where you are in a particular map or in a particular strategy or plan and say, um, am I, am I getting the types of results that I want? And can I tweak some of the inputs or can I tweak the, the kind of environment or milieu that I find myself in? Um, and for some people that, that is totally, it relates to their job, but that's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily relate to your job. It doesn't necessarily, um, relate to any one aspect uh, of your life. It's a way of thinking. Like, so if you, Say, for example, if you go to, if your vacation every year is to Disney World and, um, you know, at some point by time number five, like those trips are going to start to blend in with each other. Uh, but what does it mean to just adjust some of those output, uh, some of those inputs and say, instead of going to Disney uh, World this year, may- maybe we'll go to Greece or maybe we'll go, like you said, maybe we'll go camping uh, or maybe we'll go to the desert and uh, look at some relics or whatever it is.
1: Walk a pil- pilgrimage or, yeah. Right.
0: Walk a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Ride our bikes from Spain to Greece. Or, I mean, it doesn't matter. But the idea is instead of just doing the same thing over again, um, what does it mean to mix it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, people's outputs aren't necessarily bad. Uh, they're, they're just okay. Um, I think when people start getting really bad you know, outcomes, um, then I think they do. I mean, they automatically was like, well, I need to fix this. But they end up having these kind of OK outputs and or these OK outcomes and just being satisfied with that. And I think we can have more than just OK. I think we can have more than mediocre. Uh, and it's the entrepreneurial mindset that I think that allows us to, to kind of question both where we are. Do I have the courage to do something differently?
1: yeah. Yeah. I think you called it earlier. I don't know if it was in this show or maybe you were just we were talking about it. You called it the juice, the juice of life, you know, and I think, you know, we were just kind of we kind of came upon this topic for this show as we were talking about what it's like to be recording this podcast. I think this podcast is one of those things for me and my life that is kind of, it, it's a sidestep from my regular routine. It takes me out of um, what I typically do. It helps me to think about things a little bit differently. And I have to kind of challenge myself in a, in a direction that I've never challenged myself in before. So I think this is kind of a, an yeah, example this, of something like that. Yeah. Yes.
0: I mean, yeah, actually that's a perfect example. This is certainly entrepreneurial in its thinking. Um, it's not for money. We're not getting paid for this. Um, but it's certainly a way of uh, kind of asking ourselves, you know, questions um, about where we are as a country, about where we are as individuals in society, and then actually taking some risk and, and doing something about it.
1: Right. It's a step off of, you know, it's deviating from, from the path. a path. Right. Exactly. And I think, too, there's, you know, there's risk involved. There is, as you said, there's nothing, you know, in terms of gain, monetary gain, Um but it is something of which we get to kind of go deeper in in ourselves and in our life, and it takes us away from something that is more of the standard path.
0: Right. So certainly, you know, at the intention level, I want I want people to be able to kind of develop their own plan and not just you know kind of walk the the path that they've inherited. Um, what what are some of the keys to to developing your own plan?
1: I think, you know, intentionality is a really big one. Um, being intentional about uh, even creating a new path, right. um, not letting things just wash over you. I, I, I was thinking about um, somebody um, in therapy who um, had a job that he was working at and pretty good position, um, you know, well-paid and he was finding that the thing that he came to the job to do, he was getting pushed into a different department. And I could see day after day him kind of going into this uh, different department different job description being really unhappy but feeling as if this was the course of life now you know this was where his job was taking him his career was taking him it was almost as if he felt like he didn't have the option because if he wanted to stay with this company and make the money blah blah blah
0: and so true for so many people
1: yeah and what we started to end up doing was to talk about what it would be like within this company to actually pursue the thing that he wanted to pursue so he had to start to consider how to pull back or ask different questions or move ways in ways that he would have to challenge the system um where and it was interesting because you could start to see this process develop where he didn't really consider that there was an alternative this was the course he was on this is what they were going to pay him for and to and he almost you know there's a reticence and kind of stirring the waters. He didn't know if that was even okay. Um, But the intention, once he started to get the intention of what he really wanted to do in this company, he started to pull out of where they were taking him. Lots of meetings with supervisors and directors until... Finally, he starts moving back and into a, the position that he wants and he's so much happier. But he had to be very intentional about this. He had to think through it, decide what he wants. And then he had to start cre- creating the path by talking to the right people, right. doing a little bit of, you know, kind of um, moving things and then also creating a little bit of havoc while he did it.
0: Yeah, I mean, so that that's exactly what I, I would think would be some of the necessary steps. And when we talked a little bit about Actually, knowing what you want in—I guess our previous yes. episode, mm-hmm. uh, which was episode sixteen—what
1: do you want? What do you really? want? Yeah, what really do you want? really
0: really yeah. want? Um, and that seems—that seems right about like on the on the nose for me. You have to have some sense of uh, what it is that you want and some intentionality behind it. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I I guess also like a willingness—a hmm. uh, willingness to examine where you are. And the, the reason that I say a willingness is because um sometimes it's it's scary to examine actually where we are on the map mm-hmm. i mean we kind of know where we are mm-hmm. uh and then taking stock of that is uh, it can be it can be scary yeah
1: um well it's, it's risky right right yeah
0: um because what if you take a really hard look
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it's like oh i'm actually I have to i'm do actually something. not satisfied mm-hmm. here right. um what does that mean mm-hmm. um But then actually, you know, doing the assessment, like kind of figuring out where you are uh, and being, you know, right to your point, being intentional about shifting direction. Um, And I guess there's a risk to that, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But being willing to to take that risk.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, one of these keys is being present. I think, you know, looking at the day or the moment or the minute um, and assessing just that right there, that, that minute that you're in. Um, being present to who you are in your situation, in your life and noting, you know, that there's of course a lot of things outside of yourself, all these factors, job, kids, whatever, but pulling back and really taking stock in who you are being present to the hearness.
0: Right. So if I were going to summarize this for people, I would say that, you know, the the, the kind of keys to developing your own plan, and as we mentioned, it's, it's a it's worth doing. Uh, is being intentional about, you know, what you want and the direction that you want to go in, being present, uh, being willing to kind of assess where you are and then doing that assessment. But yeah, that I think developing your own plan is um, it's the key to, to picking more fruit off of whatever path that we're on.
1: So speaking of um, the deviation from a standard plan with regard to this podcast, I think we've gone over. So it's time to close up. So thanks for hanging out with us again. Um, So appreciated.
0: Talk to you next time.
1: See ya.